really God bringing this vision of present to some and introduce to others a standard of dance that will be internationally known and locally respected where people get to know that I'm the God of all creation. Hello, welcome back to another episode of Capture the Thought. And today we're in for an exciting one because we are joined by Sean Mambwere, who is a creative director, dancer and choreographer. And he's not just any other dancer and choreographer. He is an award-winning dancer and choreographer who has had quite an illustrious career. Hey, Sean, it's exciting to have you here today. Well, thank you. Um, super excited, super honored to be here. And um, I can't wait. I'm, I'm nervous, I'm scared. I'm excited all in one. I think that's part of being human, right? It is part of being human, but don't worry, we, we don't bite. Well, maybe only sometimes. Sometimes. Okay. Oh, my days, not today. So, Sean, you are a dancer. And so, I'm what is. So, I, I have no idea. I'm actually learning that today. You're learning that today? Oh, yeah, I, wow. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, okay. Now I'm telling you that you're a dancer. Okay, thank you. <laughs> and so, what is it about dance that makes you so excited, That's, that makes you so passionate about it? Hmm, that is a loaded question. So, I think on a, on a purely, I don't know if I can use that word, I think I just made the word, passionistic level. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, so growing up, I, I was physically active a lot, I still am. So for me, the thought of just using my mind, sitting down on a laptop, and my body is lying idle like a couch potato, always rubbed me the wrong way because I always wanted to engage both my mind and my body at the same time. Mm. So that's purely on a passionistic level. But one thing that brings me joy is being able to see the limits of what God has given me as, in terms of creativity and always drawing from that source. And seeing uh, seeing the impact it can have on people um, using the gift that I have, so that's what I would say. Mm. I mean, there's more to be said, but I don't want to preempt. Maybe there are questions that will unlock other things later on. Yeah, oh yeah, we we plan to do a lot of unlocking today. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I can see why you you just seem like a naturally energetic energetic person. So, yeah. And so, who is the person behind the dancer? Who is Sean? Who is Sean? Well, Sean is a first. I think it's funny that we have to say these things. Sean is a male human being. Aha, that's uh, good to know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I come from a family of six uh, three older brothers and one older sister, um, and I'm the fifth one. Uh, then I had a little sister who passed away June 2014, so that makes me the last one. Um, I'm a hip-hop dancer, choreographer, mentor, um, creative director, budding author, I guess. Um, yeah. Am I like putting my CV out? What am I doing exactly? How am I responding to this question? <laughs> You're responding very well. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, and um, 
I've been in the dance industry for over 17 years now, going on 18. Um, and I've taught, yeah, several countries. And I've been heavily involved with different things uh, in the creative space from working with the top artists in Zimbabwe on the gospel side um, and touring with uh, Grammy Award winning artists like Lecrae. Okay. I took the whole of 116. Wow. Um, toured with them not just here but went to Botswana with them and Zambia with them as well. Uh, we we're supposed to go to South Africa but then, yeah, that's another story for another day. But, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I left out a lot of things, but that's a little bit about me. Oh, wow, that's impressive. Yeah. Um, and so, Sean, we know that you are a Christian. And how did you come to Christ, and what impact did it have on your identity? Hmm. I love these questions. Come on. Ah, Grace! <laughs> In the years. Okay, cool. <laughs> so, I... Um, so normally people say, hey, you grew up in a Christian family. Mm. But for me, I don't I don't believe that. You don't grow up in a Christian family. You you grow up with people who are Christians mm. and then they show you the way. So my mother was an elder and she still is an elder at Zayucha. So I grew up um, knowing Bible and knowing scripture, but I never it was out of service as opposed to be out of a lifestyle and wanting to know scripture for what it is. Mm. So fast forward a couple of years, I gave my life to Christ when I was um, second year at NAST, mm. actually. Uh, even though I grew up going to church all these years as a kid, but I I normally say God took a hold of me the second year of my university education. Mm. Then he revealed himself to me and uh, I've been working with him ever since. And um, the the journey has been uh, a quite interesting one because upon giving my life to Christ, that's when I I've heard God's voice two times in my life at least that I can confidently say. Um, the first time was when He called me to do this dancing thing, mm-hmm. like back in two thousand and six, and at that point, and uh, for those who are listening, please don't bring out your calculators and try and calculate how old I am. I think let me just leave that out. But in a case, I'm proud of my age. Um, mm-hmm. 2006, and I was 21 at the time. Uh, so God is like, no, I want you to start this dancing thing. I'm like, oh, God, yeah, you got jokes, right? <laughs> You're calling me to do this at 21? Yeah. Um, and I've never danced before in my life. And I'm starting late in the game. And do you want me to dance to what? What kind of music? I don't even know that music. Mm. Right, so I even forgot your question, but however, um, my journey to come to faith was purely God just revealing Himself to me. I think growing up, the seeds were being sowed through my mom, through my siblings, just encouraged me to read the word. So I would read the word out of duty, Mm, mm, mm. not like, okay, let me just tick that box because they want me, because they'll ask me, What did you read? and then I'll have to. You know what we used to do in school? Yeah. Like you memorize for the exam. Yeah, yeah memorize verses, everything. Yeah. And after that, you quickly forget what you memorized. Mm. So it was more of that, but then uh, here we are. Oh, that's impressive. 
Um, just a little more detail into how God called you. I mean, that transition from that kind of dutiful faith to, to the one where he wants to have a relationship with you. I mean, how, what was the turning point? Like exactly when did, when did it click that? Okay. This, this is what God wants me to do. This is the kind of relationship that I ought to have with him. Mm, mm. So like I said earlier, my, my passion was just being physically active. Mm. So the, the thought of having to sit down and just engage my mind did not sit down well with me. Mm. So I would always be looking for things that, I could, that could engage both my mind and my body. So one of the things was soccer. Soccer was like my first passion before that. Mm. Uh, and then when my soccer dream was shattered, I questioned God. Like God, so you gave me this gift because mm-hmm. I was actually scouted by. Because at that time, back in the day, they used to bring in uh, soccer academies from the English Premier League, mm-hmm. uh, and I was scouted by soccer academy for Sheffield United at the time. Oh wow! Because um, we at that time again we used to do the Coca Cola National Finals, and they happened at Saint Ignatius. Um, so all the districts, the top qualifying teams, would come to that school for the national finals. And then the scouts would be there. So I was scouted and then like, ah, I think you're gifted, you're talented, why don't you take you there? Uh, but then that dream didn't work out um, because I was told, hey, what if you break it in before you finish school? So finish school first. Mm-hmm. So I was angry. I questioned God. I was like, okay, God, so you give me this gift and then I don't get to see it come to pass. Um, so when he called me to now dance, it was actually God saying, I want you to do more than what you thought you were going to do through your gift of soccer. Um, I want you to bring glory to my name through this gift and get to not just dance to any music, but music that points people to me. Um, So since then, it's just been a faithful journey by God's grace of making sure that people know where the glory is supposed to go. Um, And I find joy in that. So the turning point was, okay, so you still want me to engage both my mind and my body, not on the soccer pitch, but on the stage using this gift of dance so that people can get to know this beautiful and amazing God we serve. And it's interesting that every single time I have found myself in circles that do not want to honor and glorify God, Mm -hmm. the creativity doesn't come. Oh, wow. it, It literally just... If, so it's not like I, I won't be able to put something up, but it's not, I wouldn't consider it as my best work. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's a joy that comes when you're creating something. But every time when I'm, it's, it's almost been like a confirmation, like, yeah, even though you're in a secular space, God is like the creativity I'm going to give you in that space. You're going to feel joy about it, and that will be a confirmation that you're doing the right thing the way I want it done. Mm-hmm. So it's been, so those are sort of the things that I've, I've held on to. Because I've had people have been asking me, like, don't you run out of creativity? I'm like, no, I don't. Because the source never runs out. Mm-hmm. The day the source decides to close the tap, that's the day I hang up my boots. But until then, we're still here. So, yeah, I think to just answer your question, it's been really God bringing this vision of present to some and introduce to others a standard of dance that will be internationally known and locally respected, where people get to know that I am the God of all creation, including dance and entertainment. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. Um, so you heard God and you submitted to Him. 
which yeah. is just amazing. You worked in obedience. And so what would you say to someone who's struggling to hear the voice of God? Because it's very easy for someone to wake up one morning and say, God, God wants me to be an astronaut, right? <laughs> and actually, it may not have been God speaking at that moment. Right. And so you are able to recognize that this is God talking to me and telling me to do this. And so what would you say to someone who struggles to discern so I, I read a lot of books, um, and there's one book I forgot the title. So that's before I answer your question, just a side note. Okay. I tend to forget a good chunk, maybe let me say ninety percent of stuff I read in the book. Okay. So and okay. I read a lot. <laughs> um, but having said that, the ten percent that I remember are the one-liners that jump out at me from the book. And that tend to revolutionize my life. So there's this one book I read, and then the guy was like, this was early on, he was like, you know what? Before we talk about hearing God's voice, let's talk about your reactions to certain things in life. What makes you cry when you look at the world? Or what makes you think like someone needs to do something about this particular area? Uh, what would you not cringe about doing and spending the whole day doing? Mm-hmm. Your answers to those questions are an indicator of what God has wired you to do. So by the time you then ask God, you're not asking God not knowing which direction you think you could be going. You're asking God for confirmation that God, I feel you. this is what I'm passionate about. This is the direction I want to go. Like I said at the beginning, I always wanted to be physically active. So doing, sitting in a class, I was like, yes, I'm killing all the subjects. I'm top of my class. I have a degree in applied mathematics from the National University of Science and Technology. But something is just not sitting right. Because mm-hmm. I was not engaging my body, to just, just my mind. So when you answer those questions, then you go to God like, God, help me now clear the mist. I think I know what I'm passionate about. I think I know what I'm gifted in. I think I know what I need to train in and what to be equipped in. And then God will begin to um, make that clear for you. So that would be the first thing that I would say. The second thing that I would say is you have people that are close to you who have watched you grow. Mm. It could be your parents, it could be your siblings. And there are things that stick out for them about you. You can always ask them. Hey, growing up, what was I like? What would I find joy doing? What would I find? What would be the one thing that if I was being mischievous and then you would just allow me to do this, I would be the most <laughs> uh, well-behaved child. And again, all those things are indicators. I think for the, for the most part, we tend to think that we'll, we grow, we go through life and then we'll just wait for God to just write everything on the wall. He can do that. And he might do that, and he will do that if he chooses to. But I think of the life of Joseph. He was already doing things way before. Um, I can think of the life of David. He was already doing things way before, like before he even met Goliath. What was he doing? Tending to the sheep and killing these uh, whatever beasts that came. So there are things that you are already doing that you are passionate about that are an indicator. So there's um, 
So you need to look at that, which leads me to my third and final thing that because we live in such a fast-paced life and society and community, we have a tendency to not stop, sit, process, wait for God to answer and then move. Mm-hmm. And we need to learn that. Mm-hmm. Because we are living in such a fast-paced life, a lot of things are happening, so things will catch our eye. Oh, this looks like it's the hip thing, let me go there. This looks like the trending thing, let me go there. But those things, they will not last long. Wait, sit, process, write, consult with people that you know, they'll give you input that builds. Mm-hmm. You keep what builds and you throw away what does not. And you actually wait. Mm-hmm. You wait and you see what will happen or what clarity will come. And then it will lead you to the path where you're supposed to go. And all these things are outside of the things that you should be already doing. Praying and saying, God, what are my steps? Mm-hmm. What am I doing? And again, so if, in everything that I've said, I'm not limiting, limiting it to to creativity. It could be in any field, whether you're a doctor, maybe you just want to mend things, you're an engineer, maybe you just want to build stuff, architect, maybe you're just good with numbers like myself or any other people that you can think of. Um, and again, all those things are indicators um, that will point you to, to, to that. So that's what I would say to, to those people. Um, find out what, what makes you cry, what makes you sad, what's the one thing that you can say, you know what, if I would really love to do this so that I can change this aspect about the world. And if you notice, I'm not talking about making your life better. I'm talking about making the world a better place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. And then from there, you're asking people who, who know you, what was I passionate about? What was I good at? And then in the process of prayer and uh, anything that you'll be doing, you actually wait. For clients. I think waiting is something that the world is not doing. Everyone's like, what? Okay, I'm there. Do you understand? No, but I think that's what everyone is about, so let me be honest. And then when the hype is gone, you're back to square one. Because you're being pulled by the crowd as opposed to being pulled by purpose Mm. and calling. Never make decisions based on circumstance. Always make decisions based on purpose and calling. Wow. So you have to go back to God and say, God, what is my purpose and what is my calling? And He will reveal that to you. And every time when we use the word calling, am I going too far? Or we can still. Please, please proceed. Because <laughs> <laughs> every time when we make decisions based on circumstances, you, you end up doing things that only give the solution for the moment mm. and not for the long term. But purpose and calling gives you a vision that is greater than circumstances. And then when you have a vision that is greater than your circumstances, you actually move. And you have the grace to overcome the circumstances because you know where you're going mm-hmm. and you'll be able to have the strength to overcome every obstacle that you face along the way. And you see that you help people along the way because you're others focused and not self-centered. Sure. Sure, I'm busy dropping the mic on us, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm learning, I'm like, wow. <laughs> Well, that's that's amazing. 
um, thank you so much. I mean, the, the waiting part really stood out for me and it's really difficult for people to just wait. We always feel like we need to be doing something and that's that's amazing. That's yeah. Really, that is just so amazing. Yeah, you know, um, I think it was, um, it was Denzel Washington, mm -hmm. I think. He said there's a difference between movement mm -hmm. and progress. Mm. Just because you are doing a lot does not mean you are accomplishing a lot. Not. Yes, yes. So you have a lot of people that are doing a lot of things and they look like they are doing, they are making, they are accomplishing a lot, but actually they are not. Mm. So having, living a lifestyle where you are very clear on what you want to do, how you want to do it, and knowing that as you do that, you never do anything in the strength that comes from yourself. Yes. You have to do it in the strength that God supplies. You will be guaranteed that that will come to pass. Mm. Maybe not even in your own lifetime, mm -hmm. but you will have started the journey that others will pick up. Because again, that's the same thing. With life, you're supposed to leave a legacy for those that are coming after you, mm -hmm. so that they have somewhere to start from, mm -hmm. which is way better than where you pick it up and where you're leaving it, and they pick it up and they go. And it moves forward like that. Sure. Yo, 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 yo. Anyway, <laughs> so how easy was the transition um, from what you were planning on doing to dance? I mean, how did you folks <laughs> receive this? <laughs> It would have, like in our culture, a creative profession is not really about as something that you can, you know, do to sustain yourself. And yeah. and, and it's, it's interesting. How how was the reaction of your friends and your family to this? <laughs> oh, Grace, you're taking me back. Yes. <laughs> so when when I gave um, my life to Christ, no, wrong. When God took a hold of me. Um, and I was clear on the calling and the purpose that I was talking about. Mm. Uh, one of the things that I had to grapple with was, okay, so God, you're calling me for this. Uh, I'm old, I'm 21. Mm -hmm. uh, not necessarily old, but I'm late to start this dancing thing. Mm. Uh, and I'm almost at the finish line of my degree. Mm -hmm. Or let me say the education journey. Because mm -hmm. after you graduate, your parents are looking at you like, okay, finally, mm -hmm. the money that we've been putting on this guy, <laughs> it's going to come out. Now it's coming back. <laughs> so, yeah, hopefully we can start seeing a car, a suit, a tie, you know, doing this thing and doing much of the life. So I was like, God, that's very helpful. Thank you very much. Uh, and then I was like, Jim, so you want me to go and I have to talk? To my parents about this. So remind mind you, this was second year. Mm. So I went back during semester holiday mm. and I sat down with my parents and I was like, um, so this is what happened. Long story short, I think after I finish my degree, I'm gonna do dance. So because it was second year at the time when I told them, they were like, ah, okay, let him be. Right? <laughs> I'm sure by the time he gets to the final year and he sees the difficulty of life, he will come back to us and say, you know what, uh, I think that was just a childish thing I said. 
uh, I think I'm, I'm, I'm going to finish off and then get into the office, which again, I'm not shooting that down. There's a place for that. And I encourage people to, 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 to do that if that's what they are good at and that's what they're gifted in. Mm-hmm. So here I am and I, um, I finish second year, I go for attachments, I finish my degree and I come back and like, they are like, so are you going to, where are you going to work? I'm like, ah, no, what I said that time is exactly what I'm going to do. I am, I don't see myself using my degree. I'm just going to dance. So that did not sit well, particularly my mother, whom my love did. Mm-hmm. Um, because knowing mothers, mothers want the best for their kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so for her, she was like, what? Because again, I took the decision was 2006. By the time I finished, it was 2008. And if you remember 2008, it was outside of COVID. It was the most difficult time Zimbabwe has ever had. Mm-hmm. Where if you get into a shop, you find firewood on a shelf mm-hmm. in a supermarket. That's how bad it was. And then on top of that, you have someone saying, actually, you know what? I'm not planning to look for a job. I'm going to do this dancing thing. Hey. <laughs> Oh, girl. <laughs> well, I, I, I can so see my mother putting her hands on her waist, standing and look at me, and the eldest children. It's just like, are you being for real right now? Do you even see and comprehend what's happening around you? And you're busy in this cloud, whichever cloud you're in. I don't know what to do. You're smoking. I'm like, oh, ghost. What are you doing? <laughs> um, so, it, to be honest, it was a difficult conversation. And if you notice that, I haven't mentioned my dad yet because that's a different subject altogether. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it was difficult for for my mom especially. Uh, because every time I would come home, it would be like, yeah, she, he's back, yay! What, let me cook him his favorite meal, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And then after I would just sit down for like 30 minutes, mm-hmm. after she found out I'm doing good, school was good, the question would come, so you're serious? <laughs> You're actually continuing with this dancing thing that you I'm like, yes. So my holidays were not the best holidays. Because every time I'll, I'll be thinking, okay, I'm going home. The excitement and joy is going to last for it's going to last for 30 minutes. After that, the rest of the holiday is anticipating when the sit-down talk will come mm-hmm. to try to convince me to think otherwise. My dad, on the other hand, he never said anything. He would just be like, "Okay, um, if that's what you want, to, if that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do. So do what you gotta do, um, and make the most of it." But again, even in that statement, it wasn't like it was a vote of confidence, mm-hmm. right? It was like. Hey, you, we've just invested in you. What else do you want me to say? Um, the only thing I can say is do what you want to do. Yeah. Um, then my siblings again here and there, same thing. Uh, you're not serious, you're not focused. I mean, you 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 were almost to the finish line, and then you're coming back and you're like, scratch that. This is the direction I'm going. So it was not easy. And then on top of that, the, the journey in the dance space itself was just difficult yeah. because there's no steady income. Mm-hmm. It's based on the availability of events and the quality of your product. Mm-hmm. 
Do people want it or not? And at that time, I was still a rookie, right? Because I just started uh, learning and uh, teaching myself based on what I was watching. And that, again, by the time I started, YouTube wasn't there. Oh, YouTube wasn't there. YouTube started in 2005. So how did you put yourself out there? <laughs> yeah, that's a story for another day. <laughs> but YouTube wasn't there. So uh, 2006, we started this dancing journey learning and I would just be looking at the groups that were there within the locale where I was. Mm. And I would go to them, can you teach me how to dance? And was, they were, the first question they would ask, how long have you been dancing? Actually, no, I just started like six <laughs> six weeks ago. They're like, huh? How old are you? I'm 21. No, it's late. Forget about it. But I, 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 I digress. But yeah, the conversation with uh, my parents and the acceptance was difficult. It took my mom five years to come and watch me dance for the first time. Oh, wow. My dad took him six years um, to come and watch me dance, to come and watch me dance for the first time. Mm. Um, and even though they came and they saw what I was doing, years down the line, it would be so, you're serious, you're serious about this, you're serious about this. I'm like, yes, I am. Because for me, it was, I want to be obedient to God's voice over what he's asked me to do. And then you take care of the affairs of my life. Um, obviously, you have to honor the parents because I did honor them by thanking them for everything, but also telling them that this is what I'm planning on doing years down the line. I just didn't come and drop the bomb. Mm-hmm. Hey, I finished my degree. Here's your paperwork. Mm-hmm. I'm out of here. No, I was like, let me, let's talk about it. And then we did talk about it. And here we are. So they eventually came around. They eventually came around. Uh, I think they just saw the the tenacity and the focus that I had. Mm. Because I think the reality of knowing that, hey, my parents, they are wanting the best for me, kept me grounded. The reality of knowing that things were difficult in 2008 kept me grounded. Uh, the reality of knowing that I have to up my game to such a level that people will be like, we need this guy. If 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 anything was to happen, we need to get this guy or this group that I was with at the time when we started. Uh, it can be grounded because in the in the creative space, especially when you're doing stage work, it's so easy to be swayed by the screams. Mm-hmm. Ah, Grace! Oh my goodness, Grace! Ah! But for me, I was like, yeah, you can be you can be screaming, screaming my name, but after this, I'm going to walk home. Mm-hmm. After this, I don't know what I'm going to eat tonight. Mm-hmm. After this, I don't know what tomorrow looks like. So the reality of those things kept me grounded. And above all, the calling. Because for me, it's a fearful thing when, you, when you've been called to do something and the person who has called you expects, not necessarily expects, when the person who has called you is trusting you with that because he knows that only you have the key to do it the way that he wants it done. Mm. Example, your dad can say, hey, go and fetch this money for me among siblings. There's a certain level of trust that comes with that. Mm-hmm. I trust that you'll be able to get there and come back with the money. Mm-hmm. As opposed to coming to Sean. Like, I will not send Sean for money because he <laughs> will not come back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so when you get a calling from God and it's clear, it's crystal clear, 
it should encourage you that God is like, I have equipped you. You don't see it, you don't know it, but it's the walk with you, and then you see that you're capable to do everything that I've called you to do. And um, yeah, it's been an interesting journey. Quite a good one, I might add. Yeah, so you briefly mentioned how um, you weren't taken seriously as a as a twenty one year old. <laughs> um, how did how did you get from that stage? I mean, can you briefly tell us how did you get from that stage of not being taken seriously to you know doors actually opening up for you and people believing in in this? Um, working hard. Mm. Um, just to give you a, um, a, a bit of um, a breakdown of how the, the, the work ethic was like. Um, so I stayed in a, again, in my group with my, just myself, Yokai, Chaniposha, mm-hmm. uh, Romeo Chaniposha, mm-hmm. clearly, you know, yeah. the same surname means that they're married. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Of course, we wouldn't expect anything less. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, but uh, they're very good friends of mine. One of, uh, actually, yeah, uh, my best friends because we've been together for for a long time. Um, and um, Shane and Conrad and uh, Malcolm and Mongani, um, who actually is recently engaged as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and many others that were just popping here and there. Yeah. Uh, so I was leading that group as a rookie again. Mm-hmm. So you're leading as a rookie, you have no idea what you're doing. That's number one. And two, you're a rookie in the dancing space. And you don't only have the pressure that's coming from your parents mm-hmm. saying, I do say this, but it's actually just it. You also have the responsibility of these people you are leading because you can only imagine the kind of pressure they are also getting from their family. Mm-hmm. And then you have the industry pressure. That's just not given. Mm-hmm. So the difficulty of wanting to elevate yourself was unanimous. Mm-hmm. It was gigantic. It was something else. So knowing that I had such responsibility on me um, would practice from 9 until 5. What? Sorry, come again and say what? 9 a.m. <laughs> until 5. Um, you can ask any of these guys. Um, they will let you know how we practiced. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But we would practice from 9 to 5. Um, and this is after walking from where I stayed to get into town. And then the first few hours we were just working out because with this craft, it's not just walking up on stage. You have to have a fit body to be able to do what you need to do. So work out and then you you choreograph, you practice, you, you work together. Because we were huge on synchronization. We have to look the same. Mm. The fact that we're dancing as a group, we have to look the same. So we put in the work. We put in the work. Then after we finish at five, you barely eat anything because at that time I think we were having jiggies or peanuts or more protein and freeze it because things are different. 
think we just did it all. And then after you finish, you're walking back home. And you still don't know what you're going to eat when you get back home. Because you know exactly how you left home. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, so these are things that people never saw. What people saw was people on stage and like, ah, this group is amazing. But we know the reality. Like, yes, but we are not where we want to be. And we still have a long way to go. So we put in the work, we put in the hours, um, and we, we quote unquote, boot, uh, built a name uh, within the creative space. Like, there's a group called Rolex. Hey, you need to see these guys. And we're, again, granted, we're not in Arad, the capital city. We're in Bluey. But because of what we're doing and the dominance that we're having in Bluweyo, the waves got here to such an extent that by the time we got back, people already knew about us. And we actually we had one crew that came in the actually uh, I think yeah, no, the crew came to Blue because that's where one commission was happening was happening and they were like, Who's Rolex? And then so the guy is standing in front of me. Because all the groups are there, he's standing in front of me and he's looking the other direction and he's asking who's Rolex? And then the guy's points behind. Then he looks at me and then he says, I just wanted to check out my competition. And this is a group from Iran. Wow. So for us, we were like, oh, okay. Um, we are, because again, we were not doing this to want to, to pump ourselves up as the best. That was not the goal. For us, the vision was key. I think I said to present to some and introduce to others a standard of dance that will be internationally known and locally respected to the glory of God. Mm-hmm. That was the vision. So every time we set foot on stage, we are not thinking, "Oh, we need to see who has been ruling the roost for so long." Now that we are here, we are here to take over. It was not. We were there to say, "Our God is a God of excellence," mm-hmm. and what we are bringing, we put in the work. Not through our own strength, through his strength. Mm-hmm. And here we are, and we present that. So it was, um, we, uh, yeah, we won, we traveled, we did a lot of things together. Um, but people don't know that we put in a lot of work. Mm-hmm. People, they see us now, because like now, what I can, I can choreograph something, like what, can take me an hour to choreograph something. Um, or maybe this, or maybe even 30 minutes, depending with again the, how the creative juices are flowing. But if you had to ask me to do the same thing when I started, I'll need like, I don't know, a month or two months to again produce something which will not be as equally as good as what I think I'm producing now. Um, but all of that comes with work. So there are people who come and say, oh, guys, you look up to you, uh, you guys are amazing, and all of this. And they're seeing the fruits of what we are having now. And we always point them back to the beginning. Like, put in the work. You don't just wake up and you are on this IFA stage. You don't just wake up and you are in Germany. You don't just wake up and you are in China. You don't just wake up South Africa, Malawi. You have to put in the work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, that is that is deep. That is profound. Um, wow, wow, <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> you have come a long way from dancing eight hours a day. Was it? <laughs> is it eight? Yeah, nine yeah. to five. Nine to five, I think. 
Um, that's amazing. And so being a Christian in the entertainment industry, I mean, you've mentioned that your circumstances kept you grounded, but, you know, how do you, the entertainment industry is known for very not so great things, you know, it's associated with all kinds of scandals and all of that. Mm, and mm, and mm, how do you mm, hold on, how do you retain your values and your Christian principles in mm, such an environment? That's a, I think that that would be one of the easiest answers I give. Um, filling yourself up with the word of God. Mm. You can go and talk to anyone in the entertainment industry today. They know about Jay-Z's lifestyle. Mm. They know about Beyonce's lifestyle. They know about Kevin Hart's lifestyle. Mm. LeBron James, Steph Curry, they know about their lifestyles. Anyone, even actors. I mean, you can talk to people about movies. They'll know the Easter eggs in trailers. <laughs> yes. They will break it down to the babe to the to the to the atoms, mm. so to speak. Why not do the same with the word of God? Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Because what sustains you is not your talent. Mm. What sustains you in the industry is the quality of your character. And if your character is what sustains you in the industry, what are you using to build your character? Worldly trends or biblical worldview. Mm-hmm. And if it's biblical worldview, that's what you fill yourself up with, the word of God. So for me, people, I put in a lot of work in my craft, but I put more work in filling myself up with God's word. Wow. Because talent can get you to the top, but it's character that keeps you there. Character is exactly what keeps you there. So if you're going to focus on anything, focus on your character. And let me just uh, clarify something. When I'm talking about putting in work, hear me out. I'm not saying you are the one who's coming up with the plans and you are praying about these things. God, help me, strengthen me to do this. Because again, I keep on saying you are not doing anything in your own strength. Mm-hmm. You, In your own strength, you won't go far. Mm-hmm. So the strength that you even get to put in the work, it comes from him. So in the industry where I am, the word of God is what guides how I think, how I process, what I say yes to, and what, what I say no to. I've had artists, well-known artists, who have reached out and said, hey, I want you to choreograph my um, my next music video. I'm like, yeah, fantastic. Can you please send me the lyrics to your song? Like ah, then they'll be like, no, it's a dope beat. Trust me, I, I, I'm, I, no objection. I'm probably it is a dope beat, mm-hmm. but I just want to see the lyrics. Mm-hmm. And then the lyrics will come, and I'm like, ah, and the beat is dope, but the words are not what I would put my input on. Like I want to be in this channel, in this part. Mm-hmm. So that's what I would say that to safeguard yourself in the industry, you have to fill yourself up with God's word. Mm-hmm. Because as you fill yourself up with God's word, God's word is what's going to protect you by the power of the Spirit mm-hmm. 
to not sin, to not compromise, mm-hmm. to not just throw in the towel and say, okay, hey, life is difficult, things are hard. I When I started, I wasn't going to compromise on this, but now because I need to sort out this, let me just do it so that I can get the money that I need. I've seen a lot of people who have done that. Um, but it shouldn't be so. If you trust God that he's going to bring you to where you are supposed to be, you focus on him, and then you focus on how wide you go and how deep you go. That's his job. Keep your eyes on Christ, and he will take you far. Take your eyes off Christ, stagnancy. Mm-hmm. You won't gain it. You might making progress in people's eyes. You might be trending. You might be doing all these things. But at the end of the day, what really matters is what seed have you left for people to know that you were all about God's glory and God's glory alone mm-hmm. and nothing else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Thank you so much for those wise words. Keep your eyes on Christ. And so as we close... We're closing. We're closing. You're having fun, right? This was fun. We're just starting. Right? <laughs> Come on, Grace. What are you doing? I know. This is so much fun. Uh, but unfortunately, all good things come to an end. I think we need to have a part two. We definitely need to have a part two. I would definitely call you back for part two. Let's do it. I just want to say, um, before I know you have... Sorry, I'm not taking your... No, no, no worries. I just want to say that I think um, this that you have started is powerful. Thank you. Because it's, it's going to land on ears that will not be able to come and experience this in person. But it equips them and it empowers them to be able to make better decisions wherever they are. So never take what you're doing lightly. Um, like, yeah, it's just a regular podcast. No, it's not. Lives are changed. I um, And I'm, I'm, I'm just honored to be uh, one of the people that are contributing to this amazing port that you have made for us. Um, so God bless you for that and um, super grateful. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Um, this is very encouraging. It's yeah. very, very, very and it encourages me to push forward. So thank you so much. And so as we come to the end, um, you've shared some so many gems and so many interesting lessons that you have learned along way. Is there something else that you would like to add before we close? Is there something else that you would like for people to know? Any lesson or any power of wisdom that you'd like to share? Yo, 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 please, what are you making me think now? <laughs> no pressure? No pressure. Uh, there are a lot. Yeah, I think what I would say is to anyone who's listening, life is short. Mm-hmm. Life is short. And if life is short, you would want to spend your time investing in your future mm-hmm. and where you're going to go. And if you're going to invest in your future and where you want to go, where is the best investment supposed to go? Giving your life to Christ. Mm-hmm. 
Because, sorry, now we just started something. Anyway. <laughs> um, because the reality of the situation is this. All of us were going to live for eternity. You are, we, we normally say you will die, yes, you will die, body will die, but your spirit lives on. But all of us were going to live for eternity. The big question is, and again, we're going to live for eternity with God. Now, the big question is, if you're going to live for eternity with God, are you going to live with God as a friend, a son and daughter, or as an enemy, mm. a foe? Mm. One way or another, one way or another, you're going to spend eternity with him. Either as a friend or as a foe. And when I look at my life, I want to spend it with him as a friend. So anything that I do here is to invest in that future. And that means putting my faith in what he has done. I don't have to work myself up to get approval for him. He has already done it already. I just have to accept it and enjoy it. So invest. If you want to have a great future, and a future where you're going to live forever. Really think about where you're investing your time, your energy, your money, um, your mind, your focus, your abilities, and your gifts. They should be able to bring more people in to this beauty of knowing Christ and who he is and wanting to spend eternity with him. Because that's what really matters. Anything else? If it does not point to that, that it ends here. Mm. Once you have parted from this world, um, people will sing your praises, yes. But why not have the God of the universe sing over you? Mm. Mm. And you live your life for that crown. Mm. I could go on, but I wanted to go on, but that's what I would say. That at the end of the day, anything that you're doing, it should it should get you to love God, celebrate Him for what He has done. And all of us want a better life. He has the best life. He doesn't have a better one. He has the best. Hmm. So spend it with Him. Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. I mean, there's a beauty in doing what God has called you to do and, to, and a beauty in living for him. And it reminds me of that, uh, I think, passage, that verse, and I think it's Zephaniah, which says he rejoices over Come us on. in singing. And that, that is, yeah, and Come I can imagine that's how he feels when he, he sees us, the joy he feels when he sees us doing, Come glorifying on. him and living for him. And it's, it's beautiful. And I think you've exemplified that with your life, Sean. And so, yeah, thank you for sharing the gift that God has given you with everyone else. Thank you. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we have come to the end. Goodbye. <laughs>